Anybody in the room set free to be free? I am, man. I'm not playing around. I don't want to go back to, to what I could be without Jesus. I don't want that. I don't want it. I, I want to see the glory of God now, not just when I get to eternity. I don't believe he released me here and gave me this purpose and this calling and each one of you as well so we can just kind of suffer through for a few days. We'll get to heaven, and when we get to heaven, we'll say, man, life was hard, but God is good. I believe that he gave us this time now that we might do what it says in his word to see heaven come on earth because the spirit of God is in us and heaven should be coming out of us in every action we do, in every word that we say, in every interaction we have. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm excited. You're fired up. I'm fired up. Praise God. I can feel it. Yes. We were also this week, we got, we got a major blessing. We got to be with Beckham Elementary and their principal, Mrs. Wilkes. We got to bless their teachers and give some prizes and spend a minute with them and host their lunch they had Monday. I'm sure they had a great rest of the week. I'm thankful you're here. We just stand up so everyone can see you and this is Mrs. Wilkes, the president, the, president, the, the principal of, of, these are some of your teachers right here. Awesome. So excited. Thank you for being here. These are your pre-K team. Well, I want to take time right now. I, I got to meet you. Yeah, you're, when I was there, I know I did. Uh, I want to take time and pray over them. Here, here's what I believe. I believe that, that for a period of time, we have, the people of God, just allowed the enemy or the ways of the world to have have a greater stronghold than should have happened in the schools. And I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not done with the public schools. I'm not done with teachers. I'm not done with students. I'm done with the evil that's there. And I know my responsibility and my right is not to say someone else should do something. It's that we should do something. So among other things that we're doing, God, I believe, has called us to partner with Beckham Elementary. They, their property basically touches our property right in the back right here to, to partner with them. And I believe this, to see not just test scores to go up and for better behavior, but to really see lives changed and parents touched and students changed in Jesus' name. That's what I'm believing. So would you, would you mind if I pray with you? Come here. I want to come out here. So I, I would try to slide in there, but that would, you know, just come right here. I want to pray with you. When the, when the leadership of a school wants to show up and get prayed over, that excites my heart because I believe God wants to move. This will be your first year at Beckham. Right? You started last year. Okay, was it mid-year? Okay, okay. So this is your first, first full year. And how many, you have a lot of new teachers that are there? Like, not new teachers, but new to the school? Okay, good. Yeah, I want to pray over y'all. Hey, so thankful you're here. So thankful you're here. So thankful you're here. I want to pray over you, Mrs. Wilkes. Father, I thank you. I, I lift up, I lift up the glory of God over Beckham Elementary School. And I thank you, God, that you're releasing blessing over them and favor over their teachers and over their students as they go back to school, that they're touched by the presence of God. And I just pray, as they enter through the doors, that the joy of Jesus fills them up in Jesus' name. And I pray, too, that you give wisdom even beyond, even beyond what she studied and what she knowed and the excellence she has. Wisdom beyond that supernatural wisdom to Mrs. Wilkes, Lord God, that she would lead with power and authority and make awesome decisions that guide her students and her school and her teachers in an incredible way. Make her school this year a wonder to the school district. 
that the school district says, we don't know how this is happening at Beckham Elementary School. We don't want to be rude. It shouldn't be happening here, but it's happening right now in Jesus' name. So I just pray the Spirit of God be on them and the presence of God be on each one of them in Jesus' name. We thank you that we lift them up, that they would have a mighty voice over their classroom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. We got you this as a, as a gift, but we have one of these for every single teacher to put in their classroom at your school. So we're so excited. We, want, we just want them to know, like, this is what it says, that the future of the world is in my classroom today. And that's the truth. That's the truth right there. So we're going to bring over tomorrow at one of these for every single one of your teachers that you, they have them in their classroom. And bless you guys. We're so thankful that you're here. Thank you for coming today. Be blessed. <laughs> Hallelujah. I believe this, that there's that right there. You can all see it. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're a teacher, be here next week because we're giving one of those to each one of the teachers in the whole school of Beckham Elementary. There's like 900 teachers in this. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. We're giving one to each one of the teachers. But every teacher that comes next week, we're going to be praying a prayer of blessing over you and giving you that gift for your classroom. Because I believe, I, I, the Lord put it in my spirit. I saw it in the spirit. And he said, the future of the world is in these classrooms. And I, I want teachers, I know you care about your job because the money's not enough to make you do it. I want these teachers, I'm not mocking, I'm just being real. Money's not enough to make me stand up here, man. If I was doing it for money, I'd do something else. Right? That's what it was about. It's not about that. I want the glory of God to go forth. Sometimes people can't pay me enough to take care of my own two kids, you know? There's only two of them. I made them. I love them. <laughs> they kind of look like me a little bit. So if you're a teacher, be here. We want to give you that gift, and we want to bless you, truly. And if you're a student going back to school, make sure you're here next week. There's going to be a special time for any student of any age that's going back to school, that we could pray over you and bless you because I am done. I don't know about you, but I'm done saying someone else should do this. Someone else should do that. No, no. We are the someone. We are the else, and we will do it. I believe God has called us and positioned us to be powerful in our city and to take back every force of darkness that it might be a place for the kingdom of God. That new ground, both in the physical and in the spiritual, is being taken back. I still remember. I remember... Rewind, rewind two summers ago, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, he said, Authentic City Church is going to own land. I said, praise God. Well, there wasn't any land yet to own. But you know what I did? I didn't do nothing. I went out there, and I started looking, man, looking for land to buy, because the Lord's promise was on it. And once his promise is on it, I know I can walk in it. And as I was looking for land, the Lord was like, don't you want a building on the land? And I was like, yeah. He was like, well, then why are you just believing for land? Believe for a building. I was like, that's a good thought, Lord. You're smart. Your ways are higher. <laughs> so I started looking around, man, and I'm, you know, I'm looking for what I can afford. So there's some real crummy little rat hole church places. Places you, you would be like, no, I mean, I don't want to go to church with you there that bad, you know, is, is God going to be there? Because if he is, I'll think about it. If he's not, I'm definitely not going. <laughs> and, here we, and here we were, ready to like get, our, get all of our monies together and try to buy something, and 
believe for that and looking for little small places that one, one section of this room couldn't even fit in. But we just knew this. I just knew if, if God's promise was on it, we're going to walk in it. And then here we are, fast forward, from the moment of the promise when I chose to believe in it, and I didn't ask your opinion what you thought God could do through me. Not that I didn't think you would say something nice. I'm just saying. Here we are, fast forward to the time now, and you're, you're sitting right now worshiping in a miracle building that was given to us for free. <laughs> Bigger, better, nicer, holds more people than any of the buildings we were looking at that we could buy. And even, even when we were looking, getting our faith bigger and looking at stuff that was, that was in the millions, even still it, this, this was better. And he gave it to us for free. And here's what I say is, is when you're willing to say to the Lord yes to what his promise is, no matter how crazy it sounds, then God will do crazy things through his promise. So when I say that the future of the world is in your classroom and you grab hold of it and you lead them like the future of the world is in your classroom, guess what? The future of the world is in your classroom. And the future is bright because you spoke life into it. When I say fear has to go and the peace of God stays and you believe the promise of God, then guess what has to happen? That, that, did I say the peace of God? Fear of God? What did I say? The fear of the devil, whatever, man. Bad stuff. That you get to rebuke fear and peace stays with you when you believe it. It is what happens. I walk in the peace and the joy of God. It doesn't matter what storm is coming or what thing is happening. I, my feet are on solid ground. Why? The word of God has already said, you pick me up out of the miry clay and you set my feet upon solid ground. So I stand on solid ground. I don't stand on a shaky ground that's moving around. Unless the Holy Spirit's coming and he's shaking the house. Then I'm like, hey. Praise him. Well, I'm going to preach something, I guess. Matthew chapter 14. Turn there in your Bibles. We got Authentic Essentials tomorrow at 5.45, so i got to get you out of here by 5 p.m. tomorrow. That'd be fine, right? You'd have enough time for a, get a quick snack, bathroom break, and write to read the Word of God. It'd be the best day you ever had. Like those all-nighters, man. Whew. What was any of us thinking? I don't know why we wanted to get one, two, three hundred kids that are in junior high and say, yeah, let's stay up all night with you guys. That sounds... It doesn't sound like a good idea when I say it out loud, yet I did it for many years. We'd finish, we'd be so tired, go home, they get to sleep all day, because they're in junior high. <laughs> God, we don't, because we're, we're, we have a life, we had to go do a job. Matthew chapter 14, here's my title for today, Faith That Multiplies. Faith That Multiplies. Here's what I believe, I believe there is a faith that God wants his people to have that multiplies in the people of God brings encouragement, brings blessing, brings overflow, and brings greater faith. And I want to help you see in the word of God a faith that multiplies. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. I hope I'm preaching to the right group today. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there to a, on a boat to a desolate place by himself. Anybody ever been alone with God? When you're alone with God, you're not really alone, right? And here's Jesus, the Son of God, alone with his Father, God. 
I want to get invited. Oh, wait a minute. He already invited us. We just look at our phones too much, and so we don't go. <laughs> God, I want more of you. Get off TikTok. I'm here already. God, I want more of you. Turn off all three televisions in your house. I've been trying to speak to you all week. God loves to speak to his children. And I know because his word says so, but I also know because I have children now. And I love to speak to them. And then I love when they speak back to me and I care what they say, no matter what it is. And then when it's something really good, I get really excited about it. So this past week, for the first time ever, Maverick, my two-and-a-half-year-old-ish, told me that he loves me back, like in actual good English words. I said, I say all the time, I say all the time, I said, I love you, buddy. And he usually says, bye. It's like, well, there's that. Because, you know, a lot of times I'm leaving or I'm putting them down for a nap or, you know, those kind of things. But I tell them all the time. I try to tell them more. And then I had to teach them, like, just so you know, I had to teach them. I just teach them, like, hey, when someone, when I say, not someone, forget them suckers out there. When I say, I love you, you say, I love you too. And he's like, all right, I don't know. I'm not sure about it. But the other day I told him, I said, I love you, Maverick. And he said, I love you too, Daddy. And I was just like. I just sat in a chair and cried for three hours. I was done. People were calling me, texting me. My phone wasn't on the disturb. I just couldn't see it. I had too many tears over my eyes. I had snot everywhere in my beard. I just couldn't handle it, all right? Why? I love my son, and I, I know that he loves me, but I love to hear him say it. Do you not think that your Father in Heaven loves to hear you say how good he is? How pleased you are with him? How faithful you know that he is? You just take a minute and say, God, I love you. You are good. I love you too. I love you too, God. I'm thankful too for all you've done for me. Thank you for the time. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you for the people you placed me with. Thank you for the local church and the body of Christ. Thank you for blessing and favor. More than any of that, thank you that you died, you sent your son to die for me, that I might have eternal life for the Holy Spirit that might come on me. Even more than that, thank you just for who you are, that you keep the world spinning, that you have your righteous right hand to hold your people. Not even that I get anything good. Even if my life seems like it's no good, I just know that you love me and are for me. Yeah. A long time with God. Okay, I was in the Word. I was reading something here. But when the crowds heard it, they heard that Jesus hopped on a boat and went to the other side. They followed him on foot from the town. So Jesus on a boat, he's going across. They run all the way around the little lake and go to the other side. When he went ashore... He saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. So here he is. He's wanting alone time. He goes away to be alone on the other side. The crowd runs around, and when he sees the crowd, he says, I can't just turn them down. They need need the, the, the saving power of the gospel. So I pray for them. I preach to them, and they get healed. And this is, this is something that, that is being, I think, you know, everyone talks about, like, if you're woke or not. I didn't even know if I wanted to be woke for a long time. I didn't know what it was. I didn't understand. But now I'm like, I definitely don't want to be woke. <laughs> I want to be filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but this is something that I believe 
more and more. It's not, it's not been gone. I've been seeing it for a long time. But something being awakened right now. That's the word. In the, in the body of Christ is the power of healing. I think it's because there's just, there's just so much we're, we, we, we slid into and got enslaved in. All of this medication that we're on and all these things, we, gotta just, we, gotta, we need stuff to wake up. We need stuff to sleep. We need stuff in between waking up and sleeping. You know, it, we gotta we gotta have we gotta have a vape, you know, on this side. We gotta have some prescriptions on this side. If that's not enough, we need some porn over here. Like, there's just so many things that we can get ourselves into, and, and all of a sudden we're wrapped up in all this stuff. But here's what I know: that the Holy Spirit wants to heal all of that, yeah. and not even by just using modern medicine, by His supernatural power wants to bring healing to that. And when it comes to infirmity and disease and sickness, I mean, we just had a testimony earlier today. A guy we prayed with about two months ago, he said, he drove from Oklahoma two months ago. We prayed for him. He had stage four cancer. They told him, you're going to die in three to four months. Well, guess what? It's been two months. He's here. And now all of a sudden, they're like, guess what? You're not going to die. They said this about him this week. They said, you are a medical miracle. You know what he said right to my face? He said, no, it's God's miracle. It's not a medical miracle. We've, this is not the first time. This is like the seventh or eighth time this year, in the first half of this year, we've seen people who had cancer. Cancer, and the doctor said, you're going to die for whatever reason, stage four, rare kind, whatever. And they've been healed this year. And the doctor has said, now you're cancer free. And this is going to be the seventh story we have this year that's going to happen. Prayed for two ladies today, came up to me afterwards. Said we have vertigo. There's been something happening with, with, you know, you can call it vertigo whatever you want, but this year we probably paid for we probably paid for 10 people that have vertigo. All of them healed. All of them. So I pray for those two ladies next to each other. They're like, we both have vertigo. I'm like, it's gone. Vertigo is go. Has to obey. Has to obey the word of God. It doesn't have to obey you. It doesn't have to obey me. It has to obey the name of Jesus. That's what it has to obey. So I know when fear, anxiety, and stress are starting to creep in, I don't need any medication, and I don't need any extra therapy thing to happen for me. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some great stuff in counseling. You can, you can get some awesome work. But what you need is Jesus, right? And the crowd knew that, and so they were running after Jesus to get around him because they were sick and they wanted the presence of God. And if God's people will say, we don't want anything else, we want Jesus, then what will happen is crowds will begin to come around. I've already seen it in the spirit what's going to happen. This city, this metroplex, flooded with people, there's going to be nowhere to stay. You will be opening up your house for people to encounter God. Because the move of God is going to be so powerful here. So many people trying to come, so many people trying to be here, that it's spreading out. It's going out all over the globe, all over the world, all over the state, and starting, I believe, in hubs all over the United States. And this is one of those places, one of those conduits for where the Holy Spirit wants to move right here. And it's people getting hungry to say, what I want more than anything is Jesus. That's why they encountered healing. That's why they encountered faith. That's why they encountered Jesus, because that's what they wanted. You'll encounter what you want. That's what I've realized. You know, you, you, you know them because you work with them probably at your job. 
even if you're virtual, people having, you know, remote jobs. I see them out driving their cars around. I'm like, hmm. I thought you said you had to be at a desk. I got my eye on you, driving around. Does your boss know you're out here? I'm playing. Have fun, man. Do your job. Work hard. But you, you know people because there's people at your job that they just have a way of finding toxic conversation. That's just what they do, man. They, it's, like, it's like their whole life is just drawn to it. They find it. They want to talk about it. They'll draw it out. It's like they can sn- they, they hear you say, you know, one word and like, oh, some, some drama over here? Just some drama? Oh, you said drama like a play? That's not for me. Okay, I got you. They just, they're looking for it, man, because you will encounter what you want to encounter, right? And the Word of God says that if you seek God, you will find God. And if you want to encounter God, you'll encounter God. Tonight in your room by yourself, in a crowd of people, right here, right now, it doesn't matter. If you want, because God wants you to encounter Him. He's not hiding or staying away. crowds heard it, they followed him, people getting healed, set free, signs and wonders, Tuesday night, miracle night, we'll see you there. Now, when it was evening, this is verse 15, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. You ever had a long day before? I had a long day before, man. I've had a long day. I've had a bunch of long days. I saw I was at the park the other day, and it, it was like 9, 15 a.m., and I was like, bro, it's been a long day. It's, it's 101 outside. So hot. There's this guy digging a fence post near the park. And he was looking at me. We both looked at each other. We made a gaze and we were like, long day. He was like, long day. We didn't say any words. We just looked at each other, you know? I'm thinking, I was only thinking, I'm glad I don't have to dig that hole for that fence post. He was taking massive breaks. You know, it's hot. It's just sweating. Who knows how many more holes he had to dig with his post digger. The disciples go to Jesus and they're like, listen, man. Jesus, we just preached and ministered so hard. You know, we're doing such good work. We're good, right? And then you told us we were going to get some alone time. You kind of hyped it up. We got like one second and the whole crowd came over. Then you started preaching and praying for people. They were like falling out in the spirit. We were catching them and doing all this stuff and praying for people too. But now it's a long day. It's time to go. Send the people away. So they can go get something to eat, you know? It's a good reason. You're like, God, I don't need a new car just because I want one. I'm going to drive people around in it. You know in your mind you might not. You don't drive nobody around in your car right now. (laughs) Whatever you're doing right now, that's probably what you're going to do in your next season. It's just going to look different. So just go ahead and prepare yourself now. You know how they say, like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have? All right, that's great. You can do that or not. You may look funny at work. I don't know. Guy showing up in cargo shorts and Hawaiian shirts. He's like, I want the job to be retired. And he's like, well, you now are. (laughs) 
But I, I go to the scripture, it says, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. And that's how we're supposed to live. And if my calling is to preach the gospel and see the lost found and the captive set free, my calling is to see Jesus and do the works that Jesus did, then I don't wait till some other season to do that. It's my time now. And I can make a million excuses, just like they're making right here. Oh, Jesus, the day is long. We got to go. The, peop the people are hungry. It's not us. We're, we're fine. We could fast all day, Jesus. You know we're good. The people are hungry. He's like, oh, the people are hungry? They don't need to go away, verse 16. You give them something to eat. <laughs> they're like, ah, rats. Peter's over here nudging John, like, I told you it wouldn't work. <laughs> you should have said we got to go to the bathroom. You would have let us go. <laughs> you can't argue with diarrheas. <laughs> what are you going to say? No? no we got to everybody. Send everybody away. But you did the food thing. I told you not to do the food thing. Jesus never eats. He already just said a few verses back, my food is to do the will of God. Come on, man. He said... Oh, yeah, they're hungry? You give them something to eat. He said, oh, no, are they hurting? You go and send the word of God and heal them. Oh, are they lonely? You go comfort them. Oh, they're, they're lost and broken? You bring the anointing of God there. We're all looking around. Who's going to fix it? Everything's broken. Lord's got to send somebody for the schools. Lord's got to send somebody for the for the workplace. Oh well, you know where I work, it's it's a dark place, and where I, you know, oh yeah, you're there. You dispel darkness. You cast out demons. You cancel fear. You cancel sickness. He sent you there. He didn't abandon you there. He sent you there. They're hungry? Give them something to eat. They're lonely? Give them the hope of Jesus. They're hooked on what they shouldn't be? Let them taste and see that God is good. I believe that he is calling his people more than ever to rise up and to be that kind of believer that he says, they're hungry? Give them something to eat. And we say, yes, sir, we will. First they hit him with the excuse, they're hungry, we got to go. Then he says, you feed them. And he says, oh, there's not enough. He said, we only have five loaves and two fish. They already counted, so they knew they didn't have enough. You know what I mean? It's one of those, like, we didn't have to count. Just in case you were going to ask, we already know God, we don't have enough. So just in case you were going to call me, God, to go on the streets and evangelize this week, let me go ahead and tell you, that's not for me. Just in case, God, you were going to call me to pray for someone in the workplace, I think there's someone else that has the gift of healing. My gift is more like the gift of hospitality. Well, you know, I, I, I'm more of an introvert, so I don't really go out there and like talk to people. If they want to come to me, I'll engage. I mean, I'm struggling in here to find where it says the commands about the introvert spirit. Where does it? Can you help me in the Proverbs find... When God is saying if you're an introvert, you're off the hook. If you're an extrovert, then you can be dumb. I, I just can't find it in there. 
just excuse after excuse that we can come up with. But I know this. I'm not talking to ordinary church-going Christians. I'm talking to power-filled, anointed people of God. That when God says you give them something to eat, they, you say, you bet I will. I'll feed them. I'll nourish them. I know the word of God. It's stored up in my heart. And so I will be used by God to do signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm not holding back, giving excuses on why I can't. I'm telling you why I can. I can because I'm anointed by God. I'm filled with the Spirit. I'm set apart. I'm chosen. I got a calling on my life. I got, I got Jesus right here inside of me. So if you're hungry, get ready. I know how to feed you. Praise God. Making excuses why we can't. It's time to start making excuses why we can. There's very few times that God calls me to do something. And I look and see and I have everything I need to do it. Because what faith is in that? What, I mean, just, what, what faith is there? Like you, you come to a place today. You, you show up to a place today, to a body of Christ today. That's forged by faith. Alright? Forged by it. I was 15 years old. I wanted a car, so I went to work, and I worked, and I got money, and I got a car. It didn't have very cool tires on it. I wanted to put some cool tires on it. So, I didn't have the money to buy cool tires, but I had the faith. 15 years old. So I scrolled through a magazine, because that's how you got tires. I'll explain later what the magazine thing is. Don't worry. I flipped through a magazine, and I found the tires that I wanted, and I cut them out of the magazine, and I pinned them up on my wall. I didn't have no vision board. I had nothing. I had a thumbtack, and I had sheetrock. I pinned them up there, and I told myself, Lord, you're going to provide those tires for me. Seven days later, I found, I ran into a guy, bumped into him. He said, hey, I'm taking some tires off of my Jeep. They're brand new. I'm putting better ones on, but these ones are really great. Puncture proof. I mean, they're, they're the tires from the magazine. Everything that I wanted, put on, put on my car. He said, do you want them? I said, yeah, how much? He said, they're free. Just take them. My bank account didn't decide what my vision was. It still don't. The Holy Spirit calls us to start Authentic City Church. Let me tell you something. I did not have a job. No one was funding it. No one called and said, hey, listen, there's this building I'm going to give you. Here's $250,000. Here's a million dollars. Here's all these people. You, when God calls you to do something, you might look and see what you have and say, man, I got a couple loaves and a couple fish. This really ain't enough to get it done. But then remember, where your hope lies and where your source is. Is your source in your stuff? Is your source in your bank account? Is your source in other people's vote? Is your source in whether someone else says you can? Or is your source in our Heavenly Father who says, I'm the God of gods and the Lord of lords. What I say will happen. And if I say you feed them, then I'll give the provision for you to feed them. Send them away. It's too far. It's too late. You feed them. We can't feed them. We don't have enough. Jesus said, they said, we got, 
five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here to me. God, all I have is a little faith. Bring it to me, he says. God, all I have is just a little bit of hope. Bring it to me. God, I, I just only have a tiny bit of energy. Bring it to me. God, I, I, my, my skills are so low. I, don't, I, don't, I just have such a little amount of... Bring it to me. God, I see the vision for what you want to do. Now remember, they're standing in front of 5,000 men plus women plus children. They're looking at everything. They're looking at the vision in front and they're looking at the five fish. It's not going to be enough. But when you bring it into the presence of Jesus, what's not enough in the natural becomes enough in the supernatural. Jesus says this, then he ordered the crowds to sit down, taking the five loaves and the two fish. And he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. Say a blessing. blessing. And he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. He blessed it. He broke it. He gave it to the disciples. And they all ate and were satisfied. Say satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets, so ironic, and I say ironic jokingly, so ironic there's 12 baskets, so there's 12 disciples. The disciples go out, they pass out the food, as they distribute it, it multiplies in their hands into the people of God. Everybody eats, and then they go back afterward, and they collect leftovers from what God did. Here's what I speak over the people of God. Yeah, give them praise, that's good. That's worth it. Here's what I want to speak over your life. You can receive it or not. That no longer will you have just enough. Stop asking for just enough. That's not my God. That's not what he does. He doesn't just supply every need just enough. It doesn't say when you give into the kingdom of God, you'll receive just a tiny bit back. You'll receive just a, a, a portion back. That's not what it says. It says that you shall have it running over. Overflow from your cup and run it on your lap. He passed out all the fish and the loaves. They went out and collected baskets of leftovers. So when you're asking God for blessing, when you're asking God for provision, know this. From here moving forward, there's going to be overflow coming from the provision that he brings. That he's no longer just giving you enough to get by. It's not just enough peace for today. It's not just enough joy for today. It's not just enough strength for today. It's not just enough money for to make this month work. It's not just enough gas for this car ride. He's now giving overflow. If you need gas right now, he's putting you in a spot where you're buying gas for somebody else. Lydia ran out of gas this week. She posted on her close friends. I was just honored to be on the close friends, you know, honestly. I was like, hey, you know, I see that green ring, and I'm like, people like me still. That's cool, man. So I click on it. She said, I ran out of gas. I was like, hey, you need help? She's like, no, someone's already coming to help me. Then she posted later on her close friends, and she said, posted a picture of her real smiling, because, you know, you don't want to run out of gas. It's no fun. She posted on there, and she said, I got gas. <laughs> so I wrote back, go over to Walgreens. Get you some Beano, 
It's going to take that pressure right out of your stomach, all right? I'm just playing around. Put your hand on it and command it to be right. She meant she got gas in her car, all right? Gasoline, that's what she meant. All right? I just misunderstood. I was just concerned, okay? I love my people. I want to be a good pastor. I care for you when you're feeling gassy. And I care for you when you're feeling anointed. That's the kind of guy I can be, all right? They ate. They were satisfied. Took up 12 baskets. There was 5,000 men besides the women and the children. Here's what I want you to know. Faith that multiplies brings nourishment and overflow. Spiritually and physically. Faith that multiplies brings blessing. I want to take you back to Isaiah 41. I want to cancel the word worried. And I want to cancel the word stressed in your vocabulary. Stop. If you feel so pressed that you have to use these words, then just say you're concerned. All right? It will shift your life. Stop saying, I'm worried that, blah, 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 blah. Because most of the time, it ain't even nothing that's a big deal. You're just getting worried over yourself. Stop saying, I'm stressed that, blah, 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 blah. No. Shift it. Like I said, if, you, if it's something you have to say is imperative for your life, then say you're concerned. Be concerned about it. Don't be anxious. Don't be worried. Don't be stressed. Why? Because the Word of God says be anxious about nothing. Do you think that God does not know? It says this in His Word, that you need clothes and food. Look at the birds. They're good. He didn't say look at the squirrels, because half of them are squished on the ground, you know. <laughs> he knew prophetically. He knew prophetically. He, was, he couldn't say look at the squirrels. <laughs> he's smart. He knows what he's doing. He knew cars were going to be invented. He, know, he knew all this stuff. Look at the lilies, he says. How dressed and beautiful they are. Do you not think that I love you more than I love that? Provide for us. Isaiah 41.10 says, fear not. Here's what I know. When I'm lacking, when I look at the multitude of what God wants me to do, when I look at the day in front of me and it seems too big, when I look at the job in front of me and it seems too daunting, and then I look down at what I have and I see a few fish and a few loaves, and I thank God, what I have is not enough to make this happen. I don't get fearful. I rather say, fear not to my spirit. For God is with me. When God says, hey, I know you don't have enough, but I want you to go and I want you to pay for their food. I don't say, oh, but God, you know, I can't because of this and that. I say, no, 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 I will. 
When God says, hey, feed them, and I know I don't have enough to feed them. When God says, preach. When God says, go pray and they be healed. When God says, go give the prophetic word. When God says, give the word of knowledge. When God says, open up your home. When God says, give them a ride. When God says, take off the shoes that are on your feet and give it to them. Take off the shirt that's on your back. You ever given the shirt that's on your back? It's very liberating. Take off the shirt that's on your back and give it to them. When God says whatever he says, and you don't say, oh, but God, blah, blah, blah. You say, yes, Lord, because I know you're a God who multiplies. And I got faith that multiplies faith. Not only will they leave encouraged, but I know I will leave blessed and the kingdom of God will be advanced in every way. So when I'm pouring out all that I have and I look down and I see just a few loaves and a few fish, I tell myself, Isaiah 41, fear not for God is with me. I shall not be dismayed for I know he is my God. He will strengthen me. He will help me. He will uphold me, not just with anything, but with his righteous right hand. He shall hold me up when I am weak. For any person wanting to grow their faith, for any person looking at their situation and seeing lack and wanting to believe that God will multiply, I invite you into John chapter 15, verse 5, and it says this, Abide in me, and you will bear much fruit. Let me tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, abide in me, and your life will be fine enough. It doesn't even say this. This would be a, this would be a really great promise. Abide in me, and you will get to go to heaven. That's awesome. I would tell you, like, yes, God. I want it. I receive the promise. That's not the promise. That's a different promise. This promise is, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. So if my life doesn't seem fruitful, if my life is not multiplying the goodness of God, then all I have to do is go back and abide in the Father. And any person this week that wants to spend time with God, the promise is that you will bear much fruit. And what does fruit do? It produces seeds that multiply and make more fruit. Yeah. Praise God. 